1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito laysnacketespnationcom to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
0: I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> I think we should. We we gotta do. We gotta get into the song parody game. That's really where the that's where the money's made. Where like, it is? You think. Yeah. You know, like um, like we, we could be like the Howard Stern guys where they do all the song parodies. Oh yeah, just yeah. Songs, yeah. Just songs about how we haven't podcasted in a really long time. <laughs> um, we did do a podcast, and then, you know, life gets in the way, and we weren't able to put that one out. So, um. You know, this is this is mostly uh, we'll play a little catch up today here on the Cult of Cult podcast. Uh, thank you all for tuning in.
1: It's been it's been would you say it's been a minute, Gumby? It, it's been a minute. What what people don't understand is that we actually had two podcasts that we recorded but couldn't put on. One we talked we had a whole one about quarterbacks, and the next that's day right. we picked up Carson Wentz out of nowhere. Yeah, like you had right. it. You had it finished about to let it out and then yeah. we were like signed caution once it was like well that was a whole day ruined
0: it was actually if I remember correctly two and a half whole podcast because we did yeah like at least 20 to 25 minutes and I was like uh-oh I forgot to hit record which is just like a classic <laughs> podcast guy thing you know um the level of professionalism that we are accustomed to here on the SB nation. Podcast, greater podcasting network. Um, I, I hope you all haven't gone too far away. We still have been putting stuff up on the channel, mostly courtesy of our friends over at the NFC East Mixtape, RJ Ochoa and BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton. They, they, those guys, they do not stop. Um, we love them.
1: I love, I love, I love it. And, and we've been going crazy on the Twitter.
0: That's right. Yes.
1: Yes. We are a
0: Twitter account with a podcast connected to it. Um, Certainly, that has been our mo, and you've helped sustain us. And um, as our director of social
1: media, uh, thank course, you very much. Uh,
0: you've you've really, I think, you've really done a pretty bang up job on uh, on on engaging, just you know, engaging with the folks. Also, shouting into the void, whether or not anyone is responding or even acknowledging us. I mean, I think that. Um, it takes a certain set of skills to sort of just, like, say, you know, I don't really I don't really give a darn. Uh, I, I'm,
1: what, I'm a man with a certain set of skills.
0: Yeah, whether or not people are are picking up what I'm throwing down. Um, but I don't know. Some folks seem to be
1: picking up what, what we're throwing <laughs> down.
0: We've got almost – we've got 339
1: followers, so take that, Elon. Uh, I'm, I'm all about it. And the fact with those 339 followers, people are getting engaged in what we say. That's and right. if that's not more important than anything else, I don't know what is. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, so I suppose you know we we awaken from our off-season slumber here at a fairly um, fairly relevant and opportune time. Um, today was one of those big days uh, out in Ashburn, or yeah, well, know. more in DC. Yeah, I guess this is a D.C. thing. Um, Yeah. I've been spending more time out in that direction, the Ashburn direction, with with wedding planning, festivities. But, uh, yeah, today was squarely a D.C. day. Um, I I mean, hopefully we can get this out quick enough that everyone knows we're talking about. But in the event that you are visiting us from the future and you're going through and listening to the entire back catalog of the Cult of Cult, first of all, Seek Thank professional, you. <laughs> seek professional help. Um, Gummy, do you want to sort of give the the lowdown of of sort of where we're at here today?
1: Well, the uh, wonderful oversight committee uh, has, of course, decided they want to do a lot of research into all of the testimonies that have been popping up, and they did their own report <clears throat> on the Dan Snyder sexual harassment, toxic work environment that's been going on at Ashburn pretty much since Dan Snyder started. Um, And then to add to it, there was an extra allegation from 2019 that dropped this morning that the Oversight Committee and everyone that was talking didn't even really have time to bring up. There's a whole other allegation that popped up this morning uh, that's that's all new. But in that process, it was all these reports that they tried to put together from the Washington Post articles, from social media, from all those uh, people who testified – with evidence of what they were able to find out about how toxic this environment was. And they actually had uh, Roger Goodell pop up and even give a, a an introductory uh, response to what he was believing in the NFL. Dan Snyder, of course hid in uh, France right now on his yacht because he's a coward. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. There was Roger Goodell, and they went through all the things that happened. the, the congressmen fought amongst each other, whether they should be doing it. was a, It was a big show today. But more importantly is what we were able to solidify on what we found out. Most of the items that have come to press over the last few years to over the last few months have found to have been very credible, I think is mm. is, is important to understand. And that in this time frame. The, the the big pull was that the commanders, Dan Snyder, Roger Goodell, and the NFL all knew what was happening, and Roger Goodell used that shield to shield the commanders and Dan Snyder from further issues.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, when we, th- when we look at sort of like where we're at today, um... You know, a couple of things stand out in my mind. So you're right, there was this this uh very extensive report put together by the um the Congressional Oversight Committee, um, Carol Maloney, um, sort of running point as as like a sort of a, a very vocal figure. And yeah, you know, like there was some some jousting, of course, but like some amount of what we what came out of this today was, um, I mean, what are our key takeaways? Much, a lot of it was stuff that we already knew, so it was sort of a bit of a rehashing of public reporting put together, just really diligent reporting over the course of the past, mm, I don't know, year or two, particularly by the folks at the Washington Post, and those were um, those. That reporting, I think, served as a lot of the primary documentation um, for the basis of the report, the written report that was put out today. Um, obviously, today, Roger Goodell doing what he has paid tens of millions of dollars to do, which is to fall on the sword on the behalf of the of the owners. Um, you know, it's like, wow, like, you know, he he went out there and he like really looked like a like an like an ass. But it's like that is literally his job is that, to go out there that and look is like job. an ass so that the owners don't have to go out there and look like an ass. Like, that is that is what they are paying him. He's being complicated. And Dan Sutter is an
1: ass, so he would have definitely come off as an ass. Right.
0: So, um, you know, there that testimony coming from Goodell today, and, you know, it's like he is a, like a very concerned man. You know, like, that's his whole aura. He's like, well, this is deeply concerning to me. It's like, all right, asshole, like... We, we understand that you're there to be a human shield. Um, I think he he didn't... There wasn't, like, a condemnation, per se, of yeah. Dan Snyder. I mean, there was, I think, a an acknowledgement, perhaps a begrudging acknowledgement, that, like, things were inappropriate, which is, like, not a controversial take at this point. And, frankly, the team has admitted as much. Like he didn't say anything that the team has not publicly
1: messaged, you know? Not Dan Snyder himself, but no, the but team like, at some point has – Team statements. Yeah. wave saying that the – not the last two years, but the previous 20 years had some issues that they got past.
0: Sure. There was – yeah, there was a lot of like <laughs> – it's very funny because the parallels that I see here – I did um, – I wrote – off on a tangent here. I, in college, I had a tendency of like writing a lot of papers about sports, even for classes that like weren't really even sports related. I was like, oh well, <laughs> I can, I can write about baseball if it's within the context of architecture. Like you know, i I pulled some of that. One of the one of the things that I did a, a decent amount of research on was the um, the Mitchell hearings, like Congress, oh yeah yeah the um, steroids in Congress and you know George Mitchell, and I just I think back to very famously um mark mcguire who over and over and over again in those in those hearings was talk- I'm, I'm not here to talk about the past i'm not here to talk about the past and i think that what we saw today i'm um, really have sort of seen in similar messaging is like well like we're really not here to talk about the past we will acknowledge that like maybe things could have been handled differently however you know like uh, you know, the past is the past, and we're not really
1: here to talk about that. Well, let me jump in there. So you, for 20 years, you run this toxic organization that is filled with this horrible way of treating people, treating women like trash, people who weren't falling in line like utter trash, players like trash. For yeah. years and years and years, you, you just ran the gauntlet on this whole thing, ruined people's lives ruined their ability to make money, ruined their careers, changed, just ruined people, ran through them. And then when they tried to stay up to you, you knocked them down, used your money, had people follow them. You Then you at the same time, through all of that situation, you would go in the press because they signed an NDA saying that you, you you can't say anything about me and turn around and say sh- shit about them and say, they're horrible people, they lied, they don't know what they're talking about, they just want my money all these horrible things that they did for 20 plus years and go, "Hey guys, I know that we, you know, we're serial rapists. We raped a lot of people back in the day, but we're good now cuz we stopped a year and a half ago." What? You're supposed to just get get away from that and be and let that go? Now, side note, the but there's no been no rape allegations at this no, point no, in time no. with the commanders. I want to make sure everyone say that. But still, I was using an example. Sure. What, what I'm saying in this situation is that you, you can't walk away from the past until you address it, until you finish taking care of what happened in the past and you have, at that point in time, been resolved of those issues. These issues have not been resolved. Dan Snyder has not been taken to court in any way possible about these things he is guilty of some of these things if not all of these things in some way shape or form and he wants to be like let's forget the happen let's move on that is not how it works
0: no there's very much a desire it's like they want to be like well Let's forgive and forget. And it's not – they actually don't even know that they're asking for forgiveness. They're mostly just asking, like, well, we need to move on. Like, we're in a new culture. Like, the the things are different here. And, you know, there was that letter today that the team put out to its employees basically saying, like, you know, we acknowledge – it wasn't even acknowledged. Like, people have been saying a lot of mean things about us. But, like, here's all the stuff that we're doing good. And it was – I mean, I wouldn't expect anything – less really like that was it's like well you know we've got we've got uh, we're hiring sort of minorities and we're trying to be a little bit more open-minded and you know like we hired Jennifer King and you know we got Jason
1: Wright and it's like we're we've turned over a new leaf John Wayne Gacy was a clown for children and then would kill people at night great you're doing good things doesn't mean you're not a horrible organization.
0: You're you're here for uh, for John Wayne Gacy chat, where we'll be taking your calls. Uh, Sorry, that was a, that was a good example of saying killers, how you leave.
1: can't do those two things. You can say I did all these good things. I picked up an old lady and helped her get across the street, but then I went over and did this. Just because you did something good doesn't mean that you should be forgiven for all the bad things that you did. Second problem of that is is that they keep pushing this part. It was a different front office. So they're like it's, yeah, it's like all those fr- guys are gone. They're oh, all they're gone. gone.
0: So like you know, we're wait, we're in the clear here now. It's like wait,
1: well, isn't Dan Snyder still the owner? Isn't right. the the mastermind behind it all still there? And then I love the Roger Dell moment. I'm unaware of yeah. Dan Snyder being in, still being a part of the organization. Unaware? Isn't that your damn job to be aware?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately, and, you know, it's not going to shock anyone that the conclusion really is like the fish rots from the head. Uh, the things, though, in terms of like actual practical things that we learned through this report and through the testimony today. And there were a couple that I thought were particularly sort of notable. Again, much of it stuff that we had seen through that reporting in The Washington Post. Um, there was... Put together by the team they were basically running a what how do they refer like a shadow investigation um, because of a consent agreement between the league and the team so okay let's take a step back because it's a little bit hard so much so much time has passed and so many things have gone on it's it's a little bit hard to remember some of the fundamentals which i in reading the report and if you care enough to be listening to the Cult of Cult podcast here on Hogshaven. Um, you probably will will get something out of reading this thing. And it's like, you know, it's not football and it's not fun, but like if you care enough about the Washington foot but the commanders, you're gonna just just read it. Um, you know, it's twenty eight pages and it's got a lot of footnotes and there are pictures in it, so it really should only take you I mean, I don't know what your reading comprehension is, but just read the read the report. But one of the things that I had candidly kind of filed away and forgotten was that originally the wilkinson investigation was commissioned by the team to say we are going to investigate ourselves and if now if memory serves i think you and i sat here behind these same microphones and said well that's a load of bullshit
1: (laughs) how are you going to investigate yourself
0: and the league basically thought said like Gave a tacit thumbs up to say like okay whatever you know like you, fine that's that's fine like if if you can do th- if you can pull this off and have it not blow up in your face then we'll be okay with it. Ultimately though, the league commandeered that report and that investigation to say and because they received credible information that said that the that the team can't be trusted to investigate themselves. Now why it took them some indeterminate amount of time and some indeterminate amount of information to come to that conclusion is preposterous. 100% totally preposterous, preposterous. Totally. But so then, you know, the league takes over the investigation. They take over sort of running point on it. But because of some, you know, legal wrangling and ultimately a tacit pout on the back by the league, they allowed... Dan Snyder and the team, the ability to get status updates functionally on what the what the now in control or controlled by the NFL, what that what the investigation what the turns of the investigation were taking.
1: That they had absolutely had full access to the information that was being found out almost in real time.
0: So they then they the the Washington Football Team at the time launch a parallel shadow investigation based on the information that they were receiving from this other investigation that they themselves had started and then ceded control from to roger goodell and sort of his gestapo like he roger goodell wants to just own the police department that's really what he. <laughs> that's like really what he wants to do he just wants to be like uh like uh, like Sipowicz from NYPD Blue, he just wants to be telling guys like to go hit the streets or whatever. So you know, and at the same time, he's like un- trying to, while the league is doing this investigation. That again, Washington, the football team, then had started originally. They were using that information to guide their efforts to discredit the report.
1: And, and also at the same time, they were taking that information and sending out private investigators to harass the people that were involved in the investigation.
0: Right. Right. That and that part to me, I mean it's it's hard to say, well that part's particularly galling because like it's all particularly galling. But what I, I really I mean, one of the things that we learned through all of this was that the team was basically putting together like a an enemies list and had an a hundred page PowerPoint of Everyone who had wronged them or they were suspicious of as part of this effort. And it's just like that's that's like some real like fascist
1: like that's some that, excuse my language That's some crazy shit. It really is.
0: It totally is. I mean that that is not the th- something that I mean really none of
1: this is something that an no. innocent man. But it was a hundred page PowerPoint. Yeah, and you can go see it. It's detailed it's, yeah, yeah. Except it's for what's redacted. Except but, for
0: yeah, there's lots of it that's redacted, but like but it's a
1: hundred pages. It's in there. Someone put together a hundred page PowerPoint of just people that they wanted to silence. And information about how they want to silence them and what they've said.
0: Yeah. Who's connected to who, who's following who on social media, like tracking some you know, a former employee and that name has been redacted in the reports like what their phone records were, and who they, you know, who else did they contact? Like
1: all their social media that they did.
0: Yep. What were they liking? What were they commenting on? Like that, to me, is as far away from the ostensible operations of a football team as one could humanly imagine. That's something that, like a secret police is responsible for doing and that how do those two things shouldn't ever really be in the same sentence
1: right no but they, they were spending so much time the owner people in the front office uh, security to find out all this information about these people that are saying bad things how could they also be taking care of a football team right you can't you no. fundamentally can't he cared Dan Snyder cared more about getting revenge on the people that are saying bad things about him that he did bad things too, per this report, then what was going on in the field? Hence why for the last 22 years, our team hasn't done anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, Dan Snyder has lots of money to burn and like, has always proven himself to be kind of a litigious dick and yeah. just like loves using the courts or trying to, you know, threaten people using legal repercussions the other thing I think that I took away that was new information was um, the testimony of the team's former chief operating officer David Palkin. Um, that was, I believe, relatively new. If and I don't, I mean, again, like it's so hard to stay up on every little twist and turn of all of this thing. Uh, that like,
1: again, another person filed an accusation this morning. Right. So there's another turn, like, but continue.
0: So the things, you know, he, um, he did not, he did not pull any punches um, in sort of implicating and sort of saying, like, what was negative about his experience. Um, He said that uh, that Dan Snyder used to just, like, drag him up to the owner's box and just like belittle him in front of his buddies, um, and a, a lot of this again, like you know, we had our friend of the podcast Melanie Coburn on the you know on the, on the episode uh, a couple months ago, just like his his fixation with like the cheerleader stuff as yeah, yep. And look, I, you know. I, people are going to want to say, well, why do they have cheerleaders in the first place? And, like, we're not going to relitigate that here. Like, we had a really good conversation about, like, how important that – what that experience meant to the women who were a part of that team. And, you know, it's like a real kind of – It was like, a
1: phenomenal experience until it wasn't.
0: Yeah, kind of a real long-headed take to be like, well, they shouldn't even be there in the first place. Like, well, okay. You can believe that, I suppose, but, like, you also, at the same time, have to acknowledge, like, if you're going to... Ha- like, they, they they don't deserve to be harassed and demeaned.
1: It, it wasn't their fault. No. They didn't do anything wrong. They, they were a cheerleading organization, a part of the, the, the Washington football team slash Redskins. They didn't do anything wrong. No. They didn't ask to do the, have these things happen to them.
0: Well, and, you know, Paukin, he shared some personal anecdotes that, like, were really you know, it's just, like, so juvenile that it's just, it's it's like a caricature of what you think, like, a, a bully is. You know, he, he um, on more than one occasion, called David Palkin to the owner's box just to, like, belittle him in front of his buddies. And I guess there is some, I'm gonna quote here, he said that, This was um, he routinely was insulted about the attractiveness of the Washington cheerleaders and to say that the COO was Snyder said that the COO was responsible for how the women looked and that how somehow linked to his Paukins sexuality quote Mr. Snyder remarked to a friend hey do you think Dave is gay. And this is from testimony. Yeah. And his friend would say, "Yeah, he must be gay." And Dan would say, "Yeah, he has to be gay." As ugly as those cheerleaders are, Palkin, are you gay? You must be gay. How could you have a cheerleading squad that looked like this?
1: Like this is this is coming from a guy that looks like a, a troll. Little Danny I, I mean, looks like a little tiny troll. Like, and he's gonna call people ugly. I just like like he he can barely put his hands over the counter, but let alone like the. Why is he doing this to these people? What a what a jerk! What like, why do this? Why have these people working for you? Why 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 do this to them? Why 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 this hatred? Why this bullying? Why this constantly across the board? Do you need to do this to feel like a human being? Yeah, there was
0: also the test. There's you know the other anecdote that he shared um, was around. I guess Snyder invited him and some other employees from the team to to go to the 2001 Final Four that Maryland was playing in the national championship. Yeah, and like you know, set him up. I had like girls there and like all this other stuff, and there was a lot of cavorting and um. It's like, well, I remember that time very, very fondly. I was like 10, um, but the thing that jumped out to me in all that was like. Like, wow, this has been going a long time, or this like went on
1: for a long time, yeah, for a very long time.
0: So, in 2001, Dan Snyder, I guess, had owned the team for two or three years, years. yeah, Yeah. and he was 36 years old. No one, no one, first of all, no one should ever have that much money, period. Hard stuff, it's immoral, but it's like, oh. He was thirty six, he was just like like a like we know thirty six year olds, like they're dicks. They just don't happen to have hundreds of millions of dollars, right? <laughs>
1: like, billion, billion over two billion dollars at the time. Yeah.
0: So yeah. I mean, the whole thing taken in its entirety, um, really you know, both supplements but reinforces to me just like where 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 we're at um and i i don't i don't have at this point a lot of optimism even in light of all of this that from like an organizational standpoint very much can change um i mean i guess you know roger goodell hasn't really had to testify in front of Congress because of any other owners. But I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are just in terms of like, how, how, for what reason do you think the NFL is willing, and the owners and whatever else, like willing to continue to put up
1: with all of this? Well, let me jump in on saying what it'll actually take for them to do something about it. How about I go in that direction? So right now, the NFL is considered a trust. Mm -hmm. And being a part of that trust, which is given to them from Congress, they're allowed to be a trust with with no other actual rules, regulations. They're, They're an unregulated trust the Congress has approved them for. So they can kind of do and make their own rules, and no one bothers them. The thing is, at any point in time, Congress can take that away. And if Congress were to take that trust away, now there's a lot more taxes, there's a lot more this, there's a lot more that, a lot more regulations. Millions of dollars is available to be lost, if not a lot of problems and a lot more competition in the world of football because of this trust. The only way I think that the NFL and the owners will actually do anything about Dan Snyder is if they feel that Congress is going to take this trust away, this golden goose that gives them this shield that they can act under. But
0: the and... question is why... He's a black mark on the league. He's yes. a stain on the league. He's a stain on the reputation. Yep. He, he actively makes them look worse... Than they already are. So what is, in your mind, what's the point in even
1: having him there? Because if you start getting rid of people, then you set a precedent on what it would take to be gotten rid of. Yeah. And that's what their problem is, is that there's a bunch of billionaires sitting in a room who are like, "Uh, I could be next. And nobody there cares about this. They yeah. care about their money, and they care about their power. And the only way they're going to get rid of Dan Snyder is if they know that their money and power are going to be okay. And Dan Snyder, as you already said, loves to suit people, and we already have seen it. He loves to give away information for no apparent reason, yeah. and he would be the guy to do that. So they're a little weird about him, and they don't want to set a precedent on what it takes to be removed as an owner. I am i am
0: generally um... – generally in agreement with sort of part of that take, which is to say, like, if they, if he's on the outs, like, he could, A, make life very miserable for them, but, B, like, it would force them to have to hold a mirror up. Yeah. You know, the league basically forced Jerry Richardson out of owning the Carolina Panthers for far less than this. So it's just like, there's some, there's just some amount of reconciling this that it just makes it really hard for me to, I can't wrap my head around the idea that he's a net positive to the league in such a way that um that they're willing to keep him around and like you know what and it may have even been at some time between when we last spoke and now but you know there was one of the trickle of 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 information that kind of came out was around um that Dan was or Dan vis-a-vis his finance folks were skimping money off of, off of like concert tickets and sort of like college football games being held because it didn't have to be revenue shared. I mean, part of me is like, well, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm just sending him a Venmo for the amount of money that like he, he took out of my pocket. Right. But at the same time, like it just like, it's all so bad. Like what is, I don't and I don't think there's an answer to this and if you have one then you know god god bless you but like <laughs> what's the what's the end game in keeping him around what is the end game because like there is never going to be a day where
1: everybody's like well like there isn't there isn't a dance redemption it keeps redemption the all. eyes off of the rest of the teams if you have this horrible human being who just keeps making these horrible decisions and all the bad news goes to him and I do something wrong, but it's better than what he did. Yeah, my news is going to disappear fast because you can always cynical. rely on it, it, Oh, one hundred percent, and you can constantly rely on Danny to make another mistake.
0: It's incredibly cynical. They're you know the way that they they use Roger Goodell as a meat shield. Like you're right, oh they're god, kind of
1: yeah. using Dan Snyder as a meat shield too, right? And, and, like, and here's the other part, and there's a the part that kills me right now. It that Dan Snyder right now, if he were to sell. The Washington commanders, like everyone wants him to do, would make around $5 billion. Right. And he could walk away. If someone said to me at any point in time in my life, if I could make $5 billion and walk away and just disappear after being through all of this, his ego. You'd never hear from me again. Never again. For way less. No, for much less. But his ego, his desire to have this power, and his absolute Absolute must to be in control of this team. His, that's what he wants. He wants to be the owner of the Washington Commanders. He wants to say, I have that. Because no one else can say it. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about the fans. He doesn't care about anything but himself and his power and what he can do with it. That's what he cares about.
0: Yeah, well, I think we're going to find what the limits are on all that, because, you know, they they did uh, today establish that they are looking to subpoena him um, to appear before Congress. You know, there is some precedence with rich and powerful people of ignoring those subpoenas. I mean, if you do that, that is a, a crime. Um, Absolutely. And you can be brought up on charges for defying a subpoena of Congress. Um so you know, it's it's sort of is like I wasn't I've never really been a soap opera guy. Like I wasn't like an as the world turns uh or days of our lives or whatever, but it's just like, well, next week on the Washington Commanders. <laughs> like So, you know, there's there's more to come on this. Um There's always more to come. There's
1: always this. more to come. But I, I I wanna bring up one more thing. And, yeah. and this was important. This came from the Commanders today. Okay, yep. The Washington Commanders came out with their write-up, in essence, saying, um, the letter of the organization saying, hey, guys, in the last two years, we've changed. We're a better organization. We're, we're we're better for ourselves. We're better for our fans. We're better for everybody. So let's take a minute and think about how this organization has acted in the last two years. Now, yes. We've heard less information about or less accusations of sexual harassment. That doesn't mean it's not toxic. Um, Sure. Those people he ruined over all that time should not be forgotten, including uh, a lot of the players. But remember the last two years, we had the wonderful, wonderful moment of the Sean Taylor incident where they had three days to put together something, and they actually had his whole family stay in front of a bunch of porta johns That was horrifying. Where Patrick Holmes' brother was doing a dance on Sean Taylor's number because it was the VIP area put together by the Washington Commanders. That was just... And then you never gave us as fans an opportunity to say goodbye to Sean Taylor the way we would want it to. You did that. You had an entire changing of a name that you was a farce that you lied to us about, that we none of us wanted commanders. It was the lowest in the polls almost the entire time. And then you come out on the Today Show in New York and make the announcement in the saddest like, way possible. To add to that, you have an owner who has been asked not to be a part of the organization making the announcement in front of a big sign that says 222 that no one wanted to see him in front of it. Then, as a toxic organization, you try to use D.C., Maryland, and Virginia to fight each other over a stadium. You put out these beautiful pictures of these beautiful stadiums that are probably $2, $3, 4000000000 billion. Then you come out and say, oh, sorry, guys, we had 90,000 fans. We're down to 70,000 fans. And don't worry, with a new stadium, we're going to be at 55,000, the smallest stadium in the league which wasn't the stadium that they're touting around on twitter and social media they're talking about trying to put together maybe 800 maybe a billion dollar stadium they're trying to get virginia to pay for it who said pretty much piss off yeah screw you and this is all part of this toxic organization that dan is is pushing so then to add to that people came out and said what about this report now even though reports more, was done about two years ago, Danny Boyd, at any point in time, could have come out and said, you know what, guys, here we go. I'm going to be a good person. Now that we say we've, we've turned the corner, he just kept fighting the report, fighting the report, fighting the report, fighting Congress, fighting these accusations, fighting everything, and at no point in time doing anything positive for this organization. So, so, and then you hurt these people, with these NDAs, and never gave them an opportunity to defend them, while you're in, on social media sending out all these things saying, you're a bad person you were wrong you're a liar you're a liar but oh don't say anything about me because i have an NDA. it's going to get you all this is in the last two years then to add to it you decide in the last two years to leak the uh, you've been accused of leaking the gruden emails yourself it's already come out that it came from the commanders right the, Bruton emails came from the commanders. What started all of this to come back came from within the building itself in the last two years. You're telling me these things aren't toxic? You, you tell me the last two years you've changed? All we're hearing is that, yeah, you may have been less sexual harassing people, but that toxic environment is still there. That way of thinking is still there. Then, to add to all that, something that you and I have experienced ourselves, What happened? As we started saying bad things about the commanders and, and Dan Snyder, we started getting attacked by Twitter bots. That's true. We did. Part, we, we got did. we
0: got Danny botted. We for sure did. You can go back and look N- at our numerous mentions.
1: Time, yeah. Numerous times. It's pretty uh, funny. It's hysterical, yeah. and we're getting Twitter botted. But yeah. if you didn't do anything wrong, if you have changed your organization, if you're not toxic anymore, if you changed your leaf, why we're yelling in the wind? We have three hundred something followers. <laughs> we're not we're we're not two million people talking strong. We wow. have a podcast. We do fine. But who the hell are we? But you took the time to not only go after the people that were higher than us, the people that were saying stuff still. You went after us, yeah, personally. That shows how little, how toxic, how much you still care and how much you still want to be in control and how nothing's actually changed. So yeah. wear your little Leatherman jacket and hang out and understand we can't be a better organization. We can't be a winning team until he is gone. I say winning like Super Bowls and stuff. You probably get like an over 500 record.
0: Yeah, and you know, if if we're, we're defining our terms a little bit, right? Um The things that were detailed in those Washington Post articles, the things that, um, you know, Megan and Emily and and, uh, sort of all these other women. Melanie. uh, Melanie, of course, like went through. That's toxic, right? Us getting brigaded by bots on Twitter. Like that's that's like it's not great. Right. I would say that. No, oh, it's, it's nowhere near there. But when when we're defining our terms in terms of like what does a toxic culture look like, clearly they had one. I, you know, I have a hard time believing that it is markedly better. It's certainly still rotten. Oh yeah, it's still rotten. It's not. It's not a fine, upstanding organization that lives its values. If and so far as they can be deciphered at all. So I mean look, I, we're going to have to keep on, you know, like whether or not we want to, like the only way out is through, right? Yeah. I mean, or
1: out, you know, if you can, you you could quit. We keep, we keep pushing for out. We keep pushing him to get out. Yeah.
0: So I don't, I don't really know where this all leads. Um, part of me is very, is both, um, is frustrated that this is the type of thing that we now have to spend, as, you know, the first two thirds of our ostensibly football-related podcast talking about. Like, we haven't really talked about football. We haven't at talked all. about
1: OTAs. We haven't talked no. about Terry McLaurin. We haven't talked about uh, Jack Del Rio. We haven't talked no, about no.
0: We haven't talked about Jack Del Rio, which is Coach like, Ron. Anything,
1: like, oh holy God. shit!
0: Like the the stuff that that people sign up for when they say like, Oh yeah, I'm going to host a, 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 a podcast about my, my, my favorite football team. Like this isn't the stuff that you sign up for really like, for, no. you know, 90% of the time. Um, not to say there are any organizations that are all, you know, that are saints. Um,
1: even the literal saints, like <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they kind
0: of suck too. But
1: it's just I, I want to like, be like the Eagles right now and just getting mad because they don't like their new logo. Like, yeah, that, that that's what I be. That's what I want to be mad at. Yeah, something that I'll get over in about twenty minutes. I want to be.
0: I want to be. I just I want to be like arguing about whether or not Tony Pollard is better than <laughs> Zeke Elliott. Right, like that's the. Yeah. I mean that's well, the silly stuff, but that's the fun stuff. It's right? the fun
1: stuff. Or, or what if w- this is a good one? I actually had this conversation yesterday. What would happen if uh, Carson Wentz? Had Taylor Heineck, his heart, like mm-hmm. in football, mm-hmm. like what a quarterback that would be. Yeah. Like that, this is the stuff I want. This is what I want to talk about. Right,
0: and it's silly, and we acknowledge it. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're still listening, like you're a part of it, and you get it, but you know, look, it is as as folks who at this point are invested. You know, we've been invested for a long time. Um, we pay attention and we talk about it because for better or for worse like we kind of care um as hard as they make it to care we we continue to do it
1: and absolutely
0: so you know hopefully at at there will be a day when this stuff is a uh, is in the rearview mirror I, I mean i'm not going to hold my breath i'm not going on a hunger strike um i they'll outlast me but You know, um, I think we we are going to continue to stay on top of this. Um, I'm encouraged by the fact that there are people who had so much courage and bravery to sort of speak out and and point out things that they knew were wrong and um, not let them skate by and not push them under the rug and not try to to you know, hide them despite the best efforts of some, some rich and powerful folks. And um, it's a bummer that it is something that otherwise should be a lot of fun. And, yeah. you know, it's just like not nearly as fun as it ought to be um, to have to sort of read through congressional testimony. I mean, look, I love my, uh. I love me a good congressional report. I like reading, <laughs> reading through footnotes, but at the end uh. of the day... You know, really was kind of hoping when we signed up for this that it would be a football podcast,
1: not a not a. Litigation I'd rather podcast. read playbooks than yeah. congressional hearings.
0: Yeah. Uh, should we take a quick break?
1: Quick break. Yeah, we'll hop in, and uh, I think we should talk Terry next.
0: I think so too. So, in light of of all of that. Capital A, Capital O, Capital T. Um, I'm curious. You know, we are in a very um, kind of a quiet time in the football calendar. We're post draft. We're pre training camp.
1: Um, about five weeks before training camp.
0: Yeah, this is like the quiet time. Um, I'm I'm curious though. We I think maybe have talked a little bit about this in the past, but like. At this time of the year, how much are you paying attention to the ostensibly like the football related side of stuff? like what's what's your level of engagement with OTAs, with contract things with like sort of like the, the like what what's it gonna look like come opening day side of things?
1: Well, I'll start with the OTAs. Uh, the, the, the big thing about the OTAs is the O. They are optional, guys. Yes. They are optional. So if they're optional, people don't have to be there. Uh, Terry, Chase. Chase obviously still hurt out there. No no big deal. But if you ever were to take an opportunity to actually watch the OTAs and the the little mini camp that happens, they aren't hitting each other. They're they're just running some routes. They're kind of touching each other. They're high – Except for the hundred thousand dollars that Ron had to pay for something that happened during training camp. Yeah, but.
0: yet another thing that we didn't get a chance to oh. talk about because, like, that would be a whole topic of conversation. But like, just like the dumbassery that we've seen from from like the coaching and football operations side of things. Like, I suppose we'll let them slide because there are only so many hours <sighs> in a day.
1: Yeah, and, and we, can't, we can only yell at the wall so long. That's right. But with OTAs, it's it's very relaxed. It's just people getting themselves back in shape, learning the playbook a little bit. And, and you never hear anyone say anything about the OTAs except their players are doing great. It's always very positive.
0: Yeah, so, yeah the, the Twitter, OTA Twitter is like the most sicko shit that exists. It's just like, wow, like. Carson Wentz and Jahan Dotson are really establishing a connection. Like they just they just connected on a seventy yard bomb. It's like these guys are wearing shorts, right? Like you're basically that would be like if I went out to the park and started tweeting about it, like kids who were just like hucking a football around and talking about it as though there was something to extrapolate there. And every also don't do that. I won't. I've <laughs> le- legally <laughs> legally I'm not permitted to. Anymore, so. Um, Every every it's not a Washington specific thing, but like every market has breathless OTA tweeting uh. about like, oh, like Carson Wentz through three interceptions to practice today. It's like they're they're in they're in shorts,
1: they're in shorts and <laughs> the, the, the defense can't touch anybody. Right. They, they The defense can't touch anybody. they're in shorts. The linemen are barely doing anything. It's playing catch right now. Right, you're playing you're like, catch. Well, Do- Dotson looks like he's 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 running some really crisp routes. Yeah, you know if there's nobody in my way, I can run some pretty crisp routes. I look great, and, and so it's just been this, it's all fluff. Yeah, that's it's, all it is. It's a, it's very fluffy. <laughs> uh, so so I don't pay attention to OTAs, and then every time people are getting up in arms about, oh no one's this person's not here, this person's not here. If I could make millions and millions of dollars more or have a chance of getting hurt, I'm just going to not do it. It's optional.
0: How many cautionary tales, even just in Washington, do you need before you say, like, why does anybody do this? I mean, uh, what, Reuben Foster, right? Didn't he get hurt in OTAs?
1: Two years in a row, right?
0: I believe that's correct. I think
1: he... No, Galette got two as well. Well, yeah, Junior Gallet was one. Junior Gallette was two Junior Gillette was, Junior years was in a the row. other guy I
0: had. I was like, Yeah, who is he? He's the guy who talks yeah. a lot. He says some crazy
1: shit on Twitter. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, Junior Gallette. never, never hurting
1: for things to say. Um, no, and uh, there's a couple of running backs. Again, I'd have to go through history, but right. a couple of running backs. We could remember, can remember some guys knees. right now.
0: You want to remember a guy? Just give me a go guy. For. Just say a guy.
1: Oh man, I see, I always think Neil Okowitz when I think of a guy. Yeah, but, but we okay. did Okowitz. I know. I just love Neil. Owens. I know. You, we can say um, him. Say another guy. I'm trying to think. Oh, man. Uh, Ricky Irvins? Sure. Great. Love it. Uh, yeah. he's Well, he's more of a dude, but... he's that. Well, he... See, White where he's not... He was a dude for a small period of time yeah. while the rest of the time he was a guy. He's a, if If either or. He had, like, one or two good games.
0: <laughs> uh, there was... I, I was on the uh, Commander's subreddit this week and someone posted a video of... Every touchdown scored by Evan Royster. I was like, that we are, I mean, you know, kind of a local guy, like went to Penn State, but I'm just like, oh, we're remembering Evan Royster today? Like, I'm here for this. That sounds great. Like, I'm happy well, to remember I,
1: Evan Royster. We had to take a moment and remember a dude though. Oh, let's do it. Brig Owens passed away today. Oh no. Yeah, Hall of Famer Brig Owens passed away at seventy nine.
0: That's that's very sad.
1: Yeah, two, but uh, the
0: the goose passed away today too.
1: Yeah. Oh, so did uh, one of the line, uh, one of the current linebackers from the Ravens also passed away? Oh, man, I have tough, to get his name. Tough day. Yeah, bad day. Bad day. Um, bad day. Anyway, I'm, oh, gosh, let, let, so let's let's hop sad. back into Commander. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That yeah, went, yeah. That back went off the, the rails a little talk. bit. Um, but so let's. Take I'm going to ask break. you a couple questions. Sure right now. Yeah. We are kind of caught in this horrible pattern where we have really good players and we just don't pay them. What's going on with Terry McLaurin?
0: Yeah, I mean, you you said it well in that like he has no incentive to be there. Um I I see Terry McLaurin as a case where if he were in a more stable set of circumstances he really could establish like he's got the skills to establish himself as probably a top 10 if not top 7ish type guy in the league but like when you think about who has thrown him the ball before it's it's it ain't it's nothing right like he hasn't he hasn't had a top half of the league quarterback throwing him the football at any point. And he still has found a way, yep. despite drawing double teams, despite basically being the only viable receiving option, to really impress uh, when he's been given the opportunity. And, you know, right now it, it sort of it cuts both ways in terms of the, like, it doesn't matter that he's not there. I am... I'm frustrated that uh, they haven't worked something out. And I find that the longer these types of things linger, the greater the potential that they have, like, ramifications from a relationship standpoint down the line. You know, Washington has done this before we saw it. I mean, this is, like, an extreme case, but, like, we saw with Trent Williams... We saw Brandon Sheriff. That was, that you know, very Kirk recently. Cousins. Kirk Cousins, right? These guys were like, there is a line between the normal course of business, right? Negotiations happen, and it's not just a football thing. Like, if you're not negotiating your salary, you're, it's time for salary tips. Like, can't hurt to ask, right? You got to go in there. You have a plan, you ask for more money, you ask for a better vacation, whatever, you know. Like, it's a little bit different when you're talking about the NFL. But some amount of this is normal course of business. And my hope is that it doesn't get beyond what constitutes a normal course of business. And they're able to come to some sort of resolution. I am not in a place just yet where I'm panicked because as very much as it is optional for Terry McLaurin to not show up to OTAs right now. You know, if he was under contract, he could, within his rights, they are optional. The O is the the operative piece. He could not show up. I think it is the, because he has been so good, and, like, he has truly proven to be a success story, like a homegrown success story, People are really, really nervous that they're going to screw this up. And if you're nervous, I don't blame you because they have shown that they are very good at screwing it up when given the opportunity to. So, in terms of like nerves out of 10, I'm probably at a four. Like, I'm on the negative side of medium. But if this goes on another month, that's when that number starts to tick up for me.
1: Mine's already ticked up. I'm already at 6'7", just so you know. And I'm kind of using the history. But here, here's where I, I'm kind of watching what's going on. Uh, Ron Rivera is one who kind of starts this. He he does the personnel. So he's one working it. He well, gets a they Also,
0: you know, they have Martin Mayhew. They have, you know, other folks. Well, yeah, he is a but yeah, like Mayhew, ultimately, but yeah, ultimately, yes, Ron Rivera. It's Ron's is decision. Critically now, involved in personnel decisions.
1: Over recent years, Washington has been kind of cheap for years and years and years. We paid too much money for ridiculous people. Now we have good people and we're not spending our money on them. And in this case, they said they, they made a comment that they had put down a, a contract towards Terry McLaurin. They were expecting him to sign it before the end of training camp. That didn't happen. Then they said, Oh, we're going to make a competitive offer. They've said those words before. And we found out the competitive offer was a low ball offer for them. It was competitive. So they could say to us fans, it's a competitive offer. Sure. We tried to pay him. No, you didn't. You tried to make an offer and you low him. It's less than he deserves more. The other end that I have a problem with the one I'm getting worried about is how much the press was pushed. To watch the new receiver. That they drafted, and how much there's, yeah. And when they look, talk about Dodson's, like he's such a good receiver. Look at, oh, he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this. They're putting this great focalness on him, and then with him with Wentz, they're saying how great they are as a team. With that being said, they're they're barely even talking about uh Samuels. But so all this focus on him makes me think what they're gonna do is come back later to us as fans and go, hey guys. We know Terry's really good. We made a competitive offer. He didn't take it. But look at the new car we got. Of course. And they're going to do this whole PR thing. And that's why I'm at 6'7", because I'm like, they're going to find a way not to pay the man. And Terry has proven as a player, as a teammate, as a member of the community, as a human being, he deserves to get paid, and he deserves to be where he wants to be. And we deserve to need to pay him in the top five to seven receivers in the league. And if they had paid him a year ago, they would have saved a ton of money. They would have. But yeah. now they're – yeah. You know, look, as it relates
0: to professional sports, the push and pull between players and owners is a tale as old as time. Um, I – have not finished, but have watched most of the Ken Burns baseball documentary series that he put out um, in the late 90s and then supplemented in the 2000s. And, you know, you can go back to the early, you know, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, like just like the labor and ownership are invariably just going to be at odds. And some amount of it is um, it's a battle of hearts and minds. So you're right in that, like, well, ownership is both trying to prop prop up their guys, but at the same time, like, at the same, you know, exact in the exact same time, trying to extract as much value as they can. It's very, tra- it's it's transactional, um, and so there is a really challenging push pull on the business side of things that. I think is hard um, from a fan perspective, and you know, like, look, fans in two thousand twenty two are very different than they were in two thousand ten. Were different than they were in two thousand. I think the focus on today's fan is like, you know, fantasy football is so prevalent in the culture the the sta- the statistics, the analytics. Like, fans are much savvier uh about the game that they're watching and you know maybe some of that has to do with gambling and we've sort of talked about this in the past but i think that makes in many ways the stakes higher because there are so many people who can believe that they could do the job that like oh well, I put together a fantasy team and I won you know five hundred five hundred bucks last year off my buddies. Like we were all drunk at the draft. <laughs> like
1: you know, congratulations. Yeah. you're not a GM. No. Also, <laughs> neither of us
0: won our fantasy league. We both I think got our butts
1: kicked uh, last year. I was uh, not very good. No. But <laughs> so
0: I, but I still think you're right. Pay though, the man. You're right. I think I don't. I anybody who says that he's not worth it like doesn't isn't paying attention, doesn't know what they're talking about, is, like, kind of getting, like, GM-pilled. It's, like, it's not your money that you're trying to not spend, right? Like, if you have good and fun players that make the experience of watching your team better, you want those guys. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, you want to have a guy. You want to have guys like that where it's, like, good and fun to watch them. Obviously, you want them to be good people. Obviously you want them to be you know upstanding and in the community and all that other stuff. But like at the end of the day, you you just you want the experience like you, you know they uh, you, you want the experience to be something that is a worthwhile investment of your time. and you know so yes, I completely understand where you're coming from and I I would not begrudge you that that six seven eight on um, the, the panic meter, the McLaurin meter. Um, I, they have given me no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt to think that they're going to figure it out. But like at this, maybe it's just at this moment in time, like I don't have the emotional bandwidth to get too wrapped <laughs> yeah. up in it. Um, but I will for sure. If things go on much longer, no, like, if, oh, I will. If,
1: if by training camp he's not signed. Yeah, we got to pull Oh, we gotta, here plumb, we go. Yep.
0: So you're not paying much attention. So McLaurin is, I guess, the big thing. You know, the, McLaurin's the, a big thing. OTAs, OTAs I,
1: again, OTAs is just rah, rah, rah stuff, like no, nothing big over the top. And, um, you know, again, I will care about watching these players at training camp yeah. and seeing what they can actually do. But I was also disappointed to find out they're not going back to Richmond. They're going back to Ashburn. And set it so you can't just goad anymore. Now you have to be part of like a raffle to get an opportunity to go to training camp. So we're back into that whole rigmarole. You ever that we go to training camp? Dodge for a few years. I, I went to Richmond a couple times. Did you really? Yeah, it was a good time. I love Richmond. Richmond's one of my favorite cities. It, Richmond was great. The people were great. Uh, the Flying Squirrels had a stadium over there too. Yeah, sure. But the facility was great. Like it was awesome. Easy to get to, easy parking. We went fan day. Like everything was interactive. The problem with Ashburn is, is that it's not those things. It's not built for that. No, I
0: went back in the day, like when I was like the the, maybe the first year or so when I started charging people to go. So we're talking like two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, and I I had a great time. Um, You know, I was a a literal child, but um, (laughs) yeah, I, I just. Now is kind of supposed to be the time of the year where you get to sort of, like, do the fun, goofy, hypothetical stuff. And I know, um, you know, maybe not our most uplifting episode of the Cultical podcast that we ever had. Um, I suppose we could go out on a slightly more optimistic note, or we can try to. uh,
1: Let's try. Let's try. Let's get a little, like, little little pizzazz. All right.
0: Give me—just give me— Give me the one thing, and it can really be one. It can be more than one, if you feel like. Give me the one thing that you are most looking forward to as it relates to the Washington Commanders.
1: You know what I'm actually, and this is going to sound absolutely insane when I say this. Yeah, I am looking forward to Carson Wentz's arm. Okay. Because the guy can throw a damn ball. Sure. And I think he, if he realizes this is his last shot, Here we go. He's got to ball out. He's going to ball out. Now, again, his problem problem was when he tried to ball out before, he'd make poor decisions, going left hand throws, things like that. But I don't mind if you make mistakes because you're trying. And I think he's going to try. And if he has a good receiver core, if he has a good running back core, and that line stays okay, I'm excited about – Carson Wentz's arm—it's—it's it's a cannon, and it's something that we could use. As much as I love Heineke, he didn't have a cannon, but he was creative as hell. He had a lot of heart, so that's what excites me—is just that opportunity to have someone who has proven to be a top half quarterback that we've not had in a couple in a while.
0: I think possibly that, have. Yeah, I think that that is a perfectly reasonable
1: thing to be excited about. What about you? Anything you're you're kind of like I, I, I'm excited. Like this is for this season 2022, I am I'm excited to have the Washington Commanders do or see this. You know, I am um, I
0: just like it all kind of ties back in to our our namesake for us. I am excited about the the like the Mason Brennan guys, like yeah. the guys who are at the the fringes on the roster, who like there's always someone, someone or someone's who make the team or makes a splash in camp where you can get kind of like just like over the top silly, excited for what you think they might be even if you know there there's no there's no shot um and so he's a
1: third person wearing 45 on the field yeah. like you know he's you know he's not going to make it but damn he's he's fun yeah
0: it's it's bad news for you if your number is assigned to someone else too <laughs> uh but learning about those guys like figuring out like who's fun who's like Who's good on Twitter? Like who's a who's a personality? Like who's got a ton of fire that um, you're you maybe maybe got overlooked that got drafted sort of late in the in the draft shows a little bit of something that gives you kind of that excitement. Like maybe they're just a special teams guy, but like maybe <laughs> you know they end up getting an opportunity to to come together and and fight their way to a starting role due to injury, like, you know, whatever the case may be. I am, I, that for me, year in and year out, reliably is the most fun that I think that this team has offered routinely. Um, Absolutely. So I, I'm really eager to kind of get to that part of the year um, and see kind of see where it leads. Like who will it be? And obviously Hogshaven, the home of the Mason Brennan Award. There will be a guy. We will follow them. Um, you know, when you look sort of at the late round draftees, I mean there may be some undrafted free agents. You know, we're already hearing things about
1: those are my favorite. Cole Turner,
0: tight end, Nebraska. Yeah. Maybe he'll be yep. the Mason Brennan, you know. Chris Paul, not the point guard. Uh, the offensive guard from <laughs> t- from Tulsa, uh, Christian Holmes, the cornerback, seventh round drafter, uh, draft pick at uh, Oklahoma State. You know, I am personally um, pretty excited to see what Sam Howell looks like hucking the ball yeah. around
1: out of camp. Absolutely, right? So they, is, they, it, people said a lot of great things about him. We may have just finally got a. A good draft pick that uh, kind of fell in our lap. Diamond
0: in the rough. That would be great. You know, like that. That's fun. That's what I'm looking most yep. forward to. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic. Like that. That's always going to be there. Um, and so we're gonna, we're gonna be ready for, for that when the time comes.
1: Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about football. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. And uh, we got five weeks before football hits. Yeah. So hopefully. Between then and now, we can have a conversation. That's right. Yeah, we the were. conversation gets good, and we start talking about these guys we want to see on the field. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, um, until next time, Gumby, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you giving us a little nudge to get back on the ones and twos here on the Cult to Cult podcast, which is produced and edited by me, Brian Savvy, and my co-host and director of social media, the— twitter account that drives this podcast that's gumby you can follow the cult of Cult on twitter at the cult of cult that's all one word and we're also on untapped still uh, at b stabby and at d cumberland jr you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher and spotify by searching hogshaven a washington football team podcast still inexplicably gotta change that maybe i don't know we ask though always every time around we ask you the same thing if you like what you've heard three simple things that you can do you can subscribe you can rate us five stars and you can encourage just one friend to check us out it does make a huge impact on our ability to reach new listeners we know that your listening time is valuable we appreciate you taking your time to spend it with us here on
1: the cult of Cult.